Hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of Corks Talks where I talk about all things of interest to me that relate to race, culture, social, historical and political dynamics, mostly in media related to the arts which involve anything from journalism to film, TV and theatre but all of these will just be magnifications of my introspections of self as a black woman living in Britain of Ghanaian descent. Today's episode is topical and it's completely off the dome. It's quite a reactionary podcast. I wasn't intending to do it, but I've seen the debacle off the back of Harry and Meghan's interview with Oprah and I just had a few thoughts to share as I traverse through what's going on online and in my own mind. And um I guess the first point I want to address is what people are seeing. I believe the problem with this country, as many people know, is Britain has a refusal to recognise racism. And I believe the surprise and uproar after the experience of Meghan Markle is very interesting and very unique because it is emblematic in some respect of how liquid the boundaries of racism can be. And I'll explain that idea further on into the podcast. Traditionally, what we accept racism to be is an overt display of discrimination towards somebody of non-white descent but anti-blackness in its respect is quite unique because the non-white gets displaced with blackness and blackness as a category is something that for some reason people believe is up to debate we know it's a biological and social construct but in the respect of Meghan Markle this was very unexpected because to many people she did not present as a black woman being a mixed race woman with light skin and arguably white passing as many people would describe her with as they describe eurocentric features that are very much lauded amongst european people olive skin straight hair small nose and so on and so forth the backlash she has experienced in the media and by the royal family prove what someone like myself already knew, but the wider population are now forced to understand that that knee-jerk dislike of her is anti-blackness. And that's a hard theme to accept because it leans more to the biological aspect of race, which is to say a parent who descends from Africa is enough of a reason for you, the product of that parent, to experience racism, even if you don't present with the features of that African parent. 
or African descended parent. I seek to clarify Meghan Markle's position as an emblem or maybe like an example, an analogy as opposed to what a lot of people are trying to claim her as, which is to some regard a mirror as to what black British women experience every day in, I guess, smaller context. So in education, work, public, but to what some people would say is a lesser degree. Over the years, we've seen a lot of literature develop about microaggressions, comments about hair and names. And slowly, there is an awareness about how anti-blackness is manifesting in black British women's lives and has done so for many, many years. However, it's important to stress and clarify that Meghan Markle is not a black British woman and her experiences do not necessarily mirror what black British women experience on a day-to-day basis. And I only stress that because her marriage, if we are talking in very technical aspects, was a legal contract that bound her to a man who is part of an institution that has existed for over a thousand years on the backs of black people, colonial subjects, war, and multiple atrocities that that range from slavery, pillaging, rape, genocide, and so much more. That is not to undermine the sympathy that she gets. No woman, no human being should be subjected to what she has experienced in the press. But I just think that space of conflation is exactly the problem with British rhetoric in trying to make someone a symbol of things instead of approaching systemic issues that continue to oppress black people in this country. People saw a woman who had a black mum marry a man who is of royal descent and decided that this was simple enough that racism does not exist. It became an excuse, much like Barack Obama's election being proof that Americans weren't racist. But we know these instances not to be true. And I think it's now time to understand that the apparatus of white supremacy and institutional racism reaches far beyond the examples of individual people of black descent succeeding and I wish you guys could see me as I say the word succeed because it's bunny ears but 
becoming a billionaire, entering a classed family, being elected head of state, These are the things that people say are proof that black people do not face discrimination. But we know that not to be true from what Meghan Markle has expressed very candidly in this interview. From people commenting about the complexion of her child's perspective skin colour, not the health of her child, but the perspective complexion tells you all you need to know about how entrenched the legacy of racism continues to be in Britain, but not just Britain, in the Western world. It's an interesting theme to grapple with because it tells us there is a lack of racial literacy or it tells us that the goalposts have moved. I remember reading Athuba Hirsch's book British and her talking about black people in Britain as early as the 1800s being part of the abolitionist movement and it told me that black people have been here for a long time but the essence of us belonging has heightened even more so in the mainstream media within our current government in the Windrush scandal where we saw many, many Black Caribbean people being deported back to the islands their parents came from. Well, they came from at a very young age. It's disturbing. There is so much language and literature that codifies this kind of behaviour. It's been said that it's all in our imaginations and we're making it all up. And that is the most unfortunate part of it because you can never change something that you don't acknowledge. reparations, a disproportionate amount of black people dying in Britain due to the COVID-19 pandemic, lack of representation in certain industries at senior level. The root is racism and some harms are arguably much more severe than others. I mean, clearly much more severe than others. Someone might argue, yeah, I want a promotion at work. And another person might argue, I just want to get a proper diagnosis for my doctor so I don't die. And someone will say they're both valid. And I'll say, yes, but the latter is definitely something we should contend with more abruptly and forcefully. But it's not to make an uh, an Olympic out of an oppression and see which one is the most heinous just for 
the sake of one-upmanship. It's to contend with the material harms that black people deal with every day so that they can survive and live just as their non-black counterparts for the sake of equity. I think when people see this kind of dialogue online, it's just like, you're just complaining, what do you want? I want to be able to go to the doctor and have them not deny me access to a specialist because they don't think what I'm saying is true because there is an attitude that black women exaggerate their symptoms despite the fact that data has shown that even in maternal deaths black women are five times more likely to die than their white counterpart. The oddities that some people experience as quips in life are things that can have fatal consequences for black women. And I guess this is being exemplified by Meghan Markle, whereby you see her security at stake and a request for protection for her and her family denied. And we know how rabid the British press can be because we've seen it in exercise towards Princess Diana. The extended European press can be even more volatile as we see in the example of Princess Diana's death. And she was a white woman. So what does that say about the extent of harm a black woman would potentially face in the royal family? Because we've seen white women experience harm in the royal family. And we've seen mixed-race women experience harm in the royal family. But a fully black woman of two black parents. I can answer that question pretty easily. And I would say that a fully black woman would never get the opportunity to even marry into the royal family. So we'll never have that conclusion to contend with. But it's emblematic of how harmful white supremacy can be and how it manifests in many ways. And it tells us more about the category of race and how it's not just the fixed overture of someone screaming the N word at you on the street. And I don't even want to say there are implicit themes to it, because I don't agree with that. I just know it's there and it manifests in many forms. And and until we tease all of those forms out and stop trying to cover it with phrases like class, meanwhile, class is racialized. But I won't go into that, that'll be another episode. I'm curious to see this play out and I'll be observing as it does. I won't talk any further, but I really hope that Meghan Markle and her child 
get the protection that they require and deserve and that she delivers a successful and healthy pregnancy. Those are my thoughts on the topic. Thank you for listening and I hope you tune in to my next episode.